What up, what up, what up? What up, people? It's me, Lewis. And it's me, Denny. And we have a special guest today. <laughs> okay, Charlie, Leoja. Okay, Bant. That's my, my little girl who's refusing to sleep <laughs> after Denny came around to record. She's not having it. So uh, I said, all right, you can you can lie down while we do the podcast, but she's she might interrupt a few times. But forgive her, man. She's cute. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is. Uh, how you been then? Yeah, not too bad, man. <clears throat> um, working a lot. I've been mad busy. I went. Um, I went into the office. Um, oh snap! For, yeah, first time back. We had a person from Switzerland over, and they wanted us to come in and meet them. They're like the boss's boss's boss. Um, but I felt like it's a three-hour commute. No, where was it? They haven't back Canary Wharf. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's easier than it was for me from where I used to live, because um, I just go to Datchet, one train to Waterloo, and yeah, and bang it over, yeah, yeah it's not Jubilee. Too bad. So it's not too bad, but it just made me think. That's three hours, and I was doing that normal before. Did you use your scooter to get in? <sighs> you could have got use your scooter to get to yeah, Datchet, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably only about yeah. ten, fifteen minutes on a scooter. Yeah, yeah, but it was like I can't, I can't go back to spending three hours a day travelling. No, but six and hours a day. You're saying three hours. No, no, three each hours. Oh, no, hour three and a half each way. Yeah, hour and a half each way. Okay, okay. So then it's like... Still long though, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. But it's even like from a point of view, from your point of view, I'm tired when I'm going in. I'm wanting to rush to head to, to, to leave to get back home. Because yep. it's winter, it's dark, etc. I don't like the dark. Um, the fuck? <laughs> and... <laughs> sorry, and... Um, and you're spending money on travelling. Spending money on travelling. I could, I'm also doing three hours extra that are unproductive. Yeah. So I could effectively give work two hours extra from home and still be spending less time. I don't intend to, but <laughs> that's my <laughs> argument. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I just can't, I, I like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you it's, could by all means just say, listen, man, I'll, I'm going to, instead of being in the office for nine, all right, I'll be on my computer for eight. Yeah, this is all it. Right? Yeah. Instead of leaving... Leaving the office at five, mm. I'll be on my computer till six. Yeah. That's right. it. What I think I'm going to do, if they want me to come in the old time, I'll say, I'm leaving my house at 9.30. I'll be in work at 11. I'm leaving at three. I'll be, and, and I'll, I'll be on, I can be on an hour before I leave and an hour after I get home. But I'm not, I, I can't go in that rush hour no more. Okay. Like being squashed up. Like I've, I haven't had to do it for two years nearly. And you've now been you want it. me to you, you, I can't just go back to it like that You're dealing with that COVID privilege bro that, Well <laughs> <laughs> I can't just You can't just go back to that So um, Yeah I'm thinking There'll be times I'm in So I'll be in those four hours I'll mm. eat my lunch on the train I'll eat my breakfast on the train I'll eat my lunch on the train On the way home And I'll, I'll give you some extra hours Or even like A couple of days I'm not I'm not at work because I'll never have to go in f- like five days a week. But let's say Monday and Friday, Monday and Tuesday, I do eight till six. The day I have to come in, I, I do reduced hours and I do normal hours. Do you know what I mean? Just to make yeah, it up. Because yeah. I can't do the, the, the be on the tube at eight o'clock. <clears throat> no way. Squashed, standing on the platform, waiting for trains like to be able to get on. The sick train goes past before I can actually have enough space. To, I can't do it. Yeah, screw all of that. Yeah, I can't, do, I can't go back to that. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. 
I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, bro. Like, I still, I, I still envy you, even if you, you got hour and a half commute each way, one or two days a week, because that's my daily commute. That's true. That's true. That is my, and that didn't let up during COVID, because I done broke those rules. I don't care. I'll say it now. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's not it's not the one. It's not the one. But. Yeah. No, let's see. Let's see. I don't. I. I do. I do think. Just real quick, though. I do think this. This whole going into work five days a week thing. Week thing. It's going to take years to happen again, like properly. Yeah, I agree. So many companies are going to be so slow to to readopt it. Yeah. And a lot of them probably won't ever go back to it. The thing as well, there's a there's a lot of uh, awareness around mental health. Yeah. And being social is important. That card is being played. Yeah. And office companies don't want to have to deal with that and have the bad PR around it and employees and it's it's true like that I feel like it's such an overused term now but the thought of doing like do you not think offices could do that anxiety. do you know I think offices could do though is just be like all right your team whoever it is like you work mm. in your department you, you need to you need to like meet up somewhere mm. once a week yeah Work together once a week, just yeah. just to get some FaceTime in. Yeah, All right. At, one of my jobs is making me come in once a week. One of um, your jobs? I mean that. Yeah, um, is making. You, you mean your job? Yeah, my, my <laughs> job. Well, obviously, I do the podcast too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're making me uh, like we we've been talking about going in every other Friday in the evening. So like from one o'clock. Right. And then just stay until like four, like having a meeting together for three hours, just like face, some FaceTime and then we can go after that. And it's Friday, so it's a bit more relaxed well, anyway. Go and have a little little drink yeah. meal or whatever yeah, after on a whatever. Friday. Yeah, just a more relaxed after, Friday afternoon, basically. So yeah, that, that sounds all right. Yeah. That sounds like it could be a plan going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you know, this very strict hard-lined you know nine till five monday to friday mm. thing it's done yeah it, it was yeah. there was talks about it being done before covid yeah. even people said now nah, you you can do a four-day work week um you know just have people meet, be more more productive let's be real bruv for as long as i can remember friday's a day off yeah right people yeah. people Especially coming in and doing shizzle yeah. on fridays yeah. they maybe do like up till lunchtime yeah. Even even um, builders, bro. Friday lunchtime, they bugger off. Yeah, a lot of them like, yeah, mate, it's quitting time. It's Friday afternoon. You, you can, and that's the thing. I think like a lot of office based work is task driven. So it's like, have you completed this task? It needs to be done by this time. So as long as that's done, yeah. If you say to someone, look, mate, it's going to take a week. You're done by Friday morning. Phew. Yeah, you get. You're just gonna sit on it until Friday afternoon. And submit. Right. Yeah, and this is the thing. But your manager or whoever will also have an understanding of how long they would expect that work to take. Yeah, and you can have reason to think. So, for example, I mean, if I if someone was gonna take me three days, now let's be real in work with meetings and all things like that. That's probably max four hours a day. Yeah, so twelve hours. If I decided, well, I'm just going to bosh this 12 hours out in one day and I'm going to work right through the night. Yeah. And then my Tuesday and my Wednesday is a lot more relaxed. The target's still met. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one you. thing at home. It gives me a little bit of flexibility to 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. where that's where obviously just being a bit more sensible, being a bit more yeah. mature with your work plan yeah. comes in because yeah. you know if you were to say, "Oh, sod it, man, I'm going to stay late at the office, get mm. this thing done." The next day, your manager will be like, "Oh, you've done this already. Oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Let's move on then. Let's yeah. let's add on the next task." Yeah. And it's like, "No, no, no, come on now. Yeah, I was doing. I wasn't doing that for you. I was doing that for me. Yeah, yeah. And there, there needs to be that balance. Yeah, you know? I, remember, I can't remember where it was I was working, but I remember my manager. Uh, he said to me, and it's always stuck with me, and I've kind of gone by. It, he said, "If you have to do overtime, he said, I don't want you doing overtime." If you have to do overtime, it's because you're not good enough at your job. (laughs) Now he was like, if you have to do overtime, it's because we haven't got, we're under-resourced. I don't want you, obviously it can happen at odd time here and there. Mm. There could be certain things. But if if you start seeing a pattern where you feel like you're having to do work outside your nine to five a lot, you need to let me know because that means we're under-resourced and we need to get additional help in rather than overworking the people we've got. We want everyone to be optimum. We don't want... Yeah. that starts having a knock-on effect, you know? Everyone, that is a good shout. Because yeah. if you've got five guys on a team and they're all working their ass off, yeah. tired, you're better off just having an extra guy on your team yeah, and having six people cruising. Exactly, exactly. Being, you know, yeah. being able to f- be fully engaged, fully motivated. Yeah. Mate, that guy sounds like a smart dude, man. Yeah, yeah. I hope wherever he is, he's, he's looking after himself because we need more people like that. Damn it, boy. But yeah, man. Um, what's up, Choli? Koshni? Okay, fill your jaw. Okay, band. Nini kare. This girl, she's like oh, trying to talk about. We got to talk about your milk cake. Oh, you like that? Yeah. That was banging. I'm becoming quite the baker, Denny. You are. You are. I baked nice. muffins the other week. Okay, how did right? they turn out? Mate, I did three different types of muffins because I used a ton of mix. I did. Um, I did lemon. I did cinnamon and I did uh, chocolate chip. Okay. Right. Bruv, even I rated them. And I'm I'm a big critic of my own work. Okay. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, you coming up with this fire, boy? Yeah, that, that milk cake was very good. So I've only just recently discovered milk cake. Where's it from? I think it's French. Okay. But when you look it up online, because, well, actually it can't be French. What am I talking about? It's called Tres Leches. Leche is is uh, tres leche is obviously like Spanish or Italian, but um, but it's actually like Indians. It's it's a big thing in Indian culture that they have milk cake kind of thing. But actually, um, what happened? I think it was a tournament or something up in Manchester, and Manuza um, was with me, and she's obviously from Manchester. She's like, "Oh, there's this spot I want to go to and get milk cake." Yeah. So I was like, "What the hell are you talking about milk cake?" We went there and had it. I was like, "Oh, I need this in my life. This is the one." So yeah, if you if you haven't had milk cake, people, get my DMs. I'll make it for you yeah. at a price. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, you can get. There's a it's few places. That, there is a few places to make it, but you, it takes uh, 24 hours to make it because you got to leave it overnight to soak, and it mm. like soaks up the 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 milk that you that you right. add to it. It's not normal milk. But obviously, if you look up the recipe, you're gonna see there's like three different types of milk. Uh, there's creams and stuff in there. So you basically mix up this this milk that you then pour over the top leave it overnight to like soak into the sponge and then you put cream on top of it and then you drizzle a little bit more of that milk over the top just to set it off and it's fire it is fire the thing is like you don't even need a lot of it it's quite filling Mm. yeah yeah. obviously there's and there's not a lot of sugar in the cake mix but obviously you've got um, the cream 
uh, sweetened, is it sweetened condensed milk? You've got condensed milk and evaporated milk. Okay. And I don't even know how the hell you make condensed and evaporated milk. It I sounds, didn't even know they were different. Mate, I'm like, hold on. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the same process, isn't it? You evaporate it and then it condenses. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell are they doing this? I don't know. But no, it's... um. Yeah, no, it's it's nice, man. It's nice. I do like it. It's yeah. it's an underrated dessert. Yeah, that was good. A lot of places like just don't do it. I'm just gonna go everywhere now. Do you want cake? Uh, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, man. That's one. Yeah, I've been I've been baking. Obviously, my cookie um, my cookies are coming on. Denny's had my cookies and my yeah. and my homemade caramel. Yeah. So yeah, man. I'm, do you know what? I'll be honest. I'll, I'll probably in the next couple of years. I'm thinking, if I can find a good location, I I want to open up like a a brunch spot during the day okay that you can then turn into a dessert spot at night okay and uh because you know especially around where we are yeah there's no nice yeah. brunch spots like breakfast lunchy uh kind of yeah yeah kind of little cafes that do you know like poached eggs this yeah. and the other like yeah. just cool little places yeah. um kind of like bills but not franchisey okay you know that's you know your next are random um i've been speaking to someone about that as well having a sort of like a more sort of cafe but um where it's multi-purpose so like it's this in the day brunchish and then in the evening it's like maybe a little bit something else as well it's like i'm reading your mind bro i know, I know. how weird is that yeah. i actually um there was a there's a shop down at the end of this road mm. you know they've got like the tesco on the corner and yeah. on the other end there's i think it's a co-op now okay but it's quite a big it's, it's got quite a big footprint that store yeah and I was speaking to a guy who uh, we were talking about doing something like multi-purpose down there, mm. and it it all kind of pivoted on him though, and he ended up not wanting to do it. But um, I was talking about setting up like little workshops in the back and doing classes, okay. like educational stuff yeah. during the day, and having it as a cafe spot, and then again turning it into like a little dessert spot yeah, in the yeah. evenings, because there's dessert spots are becoming more and more popular. Yeah, but. A lot of them, bro. There's like it's Costco stuff, man. Yeah. It's not yeah, homemade. Yeah. It's not. It's not high end. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's not like it costs a lot, even time effort wise. Like, if I'm saying realistically, it took me an hour to make that milk cake, mm. and that half of that was was just waiting for it to to cook. Hanji choli kya There's no fly in here, girl. Ah. Oh. It's what's the time at? It's half nine. This girl still ain't sleeping, and she's gonna get beat up by her mum tomorrow. Um, so yeah, it's a, so it's not all that labour inducive. Like during the forty minutes while that's in the oven cooking, I could have made my homemade cookies. That's twenty true, minutes, true, yeah. and then twenty minutes in the oven. You know, muffins and stuff. You can make all kinds of cakes. I'm, I can make fifty waffles in an hour. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not it's not hugely labor intensive and especially with stuff like um like waffles and pancakes you can just make up the mix in the morning yeah and and it's still it's still good in the evening mm. still good and funny enough actually i you know what is um the thing that i think helps me i actually use my uh you know you, you saw that video of me using my drill for oh, something yeah. <laughs> bro i'm using that drill all that the times yeah. i'm using it when i'm whisking i use the drill rather than using the whisk because the drill goes a lot quicker. Yeah. So if you want to foam something up or, or um, uh, what do you call it, whip your cream in that to, to get it foamy, you do it much quicker with the drill than you can yeah. with the whisk. So I'm on it with that. 
but um but yeah man it's it's something that can be done i'm i'm a big fan of my own yeah. my own produce and that's a weird thing as well like it's, it's something i've just picked up like in the last year or so mm. like midlife crisis kind of thing <laughs> like i think you know like a uh, in demolition man he starts knitting yeah yeah maybe that's my thing <laughs> i'm not gonna knit i'm just gonna make cookies actually speaking of demolition man i saw a meme about that movie today yeah. and it was like in the 90s we wrote this movie off as just like a one-off act weird action movie with too many like unnecessary explosions because but it's actually a telling sign of uh what did it say something like cancel culture um oh bloody hell like uh anti-masculinity yeah this that and the other like there's a lot of things about yeah. that movie that are actually coming true it's the thing with a lot of sci-fi and futuristic stuff you have two things right and this is obviously even with sci-fi writers and how i've described them is you have roadmap stuff which is like okay this is how something is now if it carries on on this trajectory in 20 years it's likely to be like this yeah and there's a lot of stuff you can say oh this predicted that back in the day da, 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 da. and then you have disruptor stuff where it's just something no one really thought about and now it's a massive thing like for example the internet like if you go back to sci-fi things from the 70s or 60s no one really predicted the internet they were thinking more flying cars and things like that but then these other things like for example 1964 is a, uh, a great example and even demolition man where the writers obviously looked at something and okay if society carries on and da -da 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 -da, certain things and some of it's obviously fantasy it's not exactly spot on but it's like ah this is how things could end up yeah and then they and then yeah and now like you said some some things it's like we live in it yeah man it's weird though um, when you even when I say 2022 it sounds futuristic of course in the year 2022 yeah. I wonder how many old school sci-fi movies yeah. were set in this time innit because well, Back to the Future has already happened 2015 innit? there you go yeah that's, old, that's, that's like yeah. old that's like you can't even say Back to the Future that's like Back, back to, to the, the past, past. <laughs> yeah. the thing is it, again with that movie you know it, it didn't really predict anything happening nah. Apart from the self-tying shoelaces, which yeah, yeah. are a one-off thing that costs... Yeah. I don't know, yeah. how much did your self-tying shoelaces yeah. cost, Danny? 300 quid. And how many times have you won them, little puppies? Mate, every time I put them on, I'm like, oh shit, I've got to charge them. So I just have to wear them as normal trainers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, like, hoverboards. If you think back to the future too, it uses fax machines. Remember when he's in the cupboard? Mm. So they still used. They still thought fax machines would be a thing. Yeah, in twenty fifteen, yeah. they were like, "What the heck?" Yeah, man. Who the hell? Do you reckon anyone still faxes? I think there are a few things. Like maybe legal? No, nah, not yeah, even that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's certain <gasps> things where they have time sensitive stuff, mm, one and they need a wet signature. Let's see what this one's saying. Kabbalah, Kabbalah. Bogies, huh? Okay, fair Papa, kya kare? Tissue. Tissue mille? Okay, I'll blend tissue for Papa Safkan. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a couple of industries. Yeah, there's a yeah, I don't I don't know if you should if I I feel like I've signed stuff before that's been like they sent over a PDF for you as electronically signed them. Yeah. Even with legal stuff now, I think they kinda of realise, all right mate, shut up with your yeah. need for ink yeah. and trees. It's like, we, we need to step away from that period, yeah, man. Like, yeah. speaking of, because obviously, you know, it's a thing that happened, the, the climate summit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that, ju- that just happened, didn't it? One yeah, second, let me grab this tissue for her. No problem. Yeah, the climate summit. Um, uh, oh, drop mic drop. Damn, Lewis is out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the climate summit was yeah, interesting. It was, it was. Um, I haven't seen there was some deal they spoke about that was kind, of, was kind of come out at the end where originally it was written that they were going to phase out coal and now they're saying they're going to phase down coal or something like that. So I don't know, I haven't looked at all the details, but apart from them flying in in jets <laughs> and then telling me I need to take their holidays. Yeah, DiCaprio, <laughs> DiCaprio was like, yeah, I flew coach. I flew, I flew, uh, not private. Um, like business or something? No, like he just flew in on a commercial plane rather right, than on his private okay. jet. It's like, mate, you still flew in. Yeah, you could have zoomed yeah. in, bro. This is what I was going to say. I was like, all these people are like, have you not heard of Teams, Zoom, FaceTime, flip in? Go back to Skype if you need to. Yeah, it's mad. You know? So, yeah, it was a bit... It was a bit uh, the thing is, right, these these people, they're so out of touch with reality. Yeah. Obviously, I mentioned the other day, in it when we did our last episode, that they were using diesel generators to charge up the electric yeah. jags. Yeah because there's not enough uh, charge points in uh, in Glasgow. And it's like, what what possessed you guys to do it in Glasgow? Yeah. All, like, why not? Okay, if you're going to all agree to fly into a set spot, yeah, why not do it in the Bahamas? Yeah. Right? Where, and, and everyone just chill on like a little island somewhere yeah. where you could just walk sure up. It would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could just walk up. You pick an island with a, where the bloody population is like 150 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you just get you know a little hotel spot. You're all chilling on the same place. Yeah. It 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 vexes me that no one actually thought this out. Like I, I guarantee you, and it's something that could easily be done before they did this summit. Someone could have gone. All right, well listen, if we pick this one particular spot, it means that we'll we'll travel the cumulatively the least amount of mile, yeah. miles for the like if you all the world leaders combined all go to this place. It is the shortest total distance on a plane. Yeah on multiple planes and if they do it at you know this time of year it means that based on the you know normal altitude air temperature da, 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 you you know it's the most efficient way to fly yeah, yeah, da, da. Yeah. like there's so many things that they could have done to make it apart from just zoom it yeah. like you know you you're all about trying to convince the world that you know they're everyone should be moving towards technology and away from, you know, spending money on travel and using up fossil fuels, da-da-da-da, all that shit. And yet you're doing it yourself. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. And and then you expect to have it taken seriously when you they constantly fall short on all yeah, of their promises. The yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it, that's, I think that is, it is, it is, like you said, expecting us to take it seriously. Yeah. Constant bullshit, man. It, it pisses me off, especially again. Like, if you're thinking about the the hypocrisy of it blending in somewhat, you know, we had uh, obviously during the pandemic, we were talking about how, you know, we're all standing out on our doorsteps, clapping for the NHS, yeah. clapping for the care workers, yeah. and now we just fired fired all the ones that wouldn't take a vaccine that's still in trial for the next two years. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is this is this is the government, uh, because the government are all behind cheering for the NHS and doing that. Yet they can turn around and do this. To tell the truth, like I I feel like because I was always, like, not anti-clap, but like they're doing their job. We need to be appreciating them all the time. 
Yeah. There needs to be more appreciation all the time because this is going to wane. And But I feel like this was always going to happen. They were always going to be forced or mandated even to take the vaccine because of the line of work. Because remember, if you think about it, they were saying it. The, the, the earlier conversations were people who work in care homes. Yeah. So I'm thinking if they're trying to mandate people who work in care homes, it makes sense with the, if the same logic you're using for the care homes to apply to the next next the next, it'll, next it will be school teachers, bruv. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, this is this next this, it'll be school this teachers. Is the same yeah. sort of thing. Then it'll but be what police. I'm saying is, it's like that that level of that support for the NHS or for the staff or the nurses. That appreciation needs to be consistent. Otherwise, was it? Uh, no, nah, do you know? Do you know? It was. It was my mate Jordan, and he said, when they were cheering and when when they were on the front line, he said, "You know what? They want to pay wise now is the time they need to strike." And I was saying that nah, I understand, but this isn't the right time. There'll be a lot of. Ne-, he was like, I was saying there'll be a lot of negative backlash. Again, he was going, "Yep, yeah, but now is the time they have the most leverage." Yep. And in hindsight, Jordan is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's true. I hope you're not listening to this, Jordan, because then I'm going to get a told you so. Yeah. Well, the thing is, bruv, like, when, when I'm thinking about the the way this situation has been treated, there's been so much, now nah, we'll never do this. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. And I saw, a, I was watching a little bit of The Right Stuff, and there, there was a woman on there who had lost her job because she refused to get vaccinated. Yeah. And um, she goes, oh, you know, there's been, there's been over a million people reporting you know, uh, bad side effects from the um, from the vaccine, and uh, and it could be up to two million, but it's underreported. Now they came back and said, "Look, actually, you're wrong. That's yeah. the numbers aren't that high." Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I know someone who just this week got the jab, and spent four days mm. unwell, mm. and is only just getting better now, and still doesn't have complete use of the left arm because right. they're in a lot of pain. Mm. And I'm like, "Wow. Okay. Like." You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna report that no no what's the point yeah we know we get sick from it so I think there's been there's been the, the numbers are probably as accurate as they will be because there'll be things over reported and they'll also be underreported yeah I, I don't so, know how you'd weigh it out though but it's, it's I think I do I feel think, like it's impossible to know for sure yeah that's what I'm saying if you just take like what we've got it's a method that's used because a lot of the stuff I'll tell you what but I'm do like, you think do you think people are getting uh, uh, just calling up saying yeah I've I've had um, a bad side effect, and they've not taken that person's details. No, no. So it's a, there's a voluntary system that you can. Yeah, but you, you also and doctors are supposed to everything. Everything someone complains about, even if it's like uh, my baby toenail dropped off, doctors are if they are told that it's. I don't know if doctors are, but they're supposed to log it. Right, and now, when they log it, mm. they've got to log it against the person who reported it. Because here's the thing, bruv. When you go to get the vaccine. Yeah. They they take your name, yeah, they get yeah. the batch number for the vaccine, yeah. so that if it's like a bunch of people show yeah, symptoms, yeah. they can track it back to that yeah, batch, yeah, right? Yeah. So when you report an issue, yeah. it's not anonymous. They no, want to no, know who yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you're not going to have the same person call up multiple times, and who is going to call no, up and report symptoms times. I'm saying, okay, when they haven't suffered so, them? So I'll give you an example. That myocarditis, yeah. right? There are huge amounts of cases a year. Or certain amount of cases a year, right? But now everyone has, um, and no one would have really, because some of them said, "Oh, I feel a bit funny," and sit down and it's done. But now we're all getting things, so we're more hyper aware of certain 
certain things. Mm. So when something happens, like if I get, if I, if I had a cold, which I could get a cold throughout the year anytime, but I've just had my injection. Now I've got a cold within three days. I might be like, ah, oh, these are the symptoms after I, do you see what I mean? But I also, there's also going to be millions of people every year without COVID, without who also would have had colds. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So there would be over-reporting. And like you said with your friend, they'll be under-reporting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I think probably because taking those two factors in, what we've got is probably, it's very, very, it's not a good science. It's not a good science, but it, it's probably. Yeah. The thing know. is, it, it's reliant on this argument of, well, people are a lot more likely to report negative things than they are good things. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, obviously the, the numbers that don't get reported, that is the good things. And then there's also, there's a lot of people that are just anticipating that they're gonna yeah. get something. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, oh, fine, it is yeah. what it is. Like, whatever. Yeah. That's, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, man. To be honest, like, I was thinking, I was considering getting vaccinated, yeah, because I'm like, I need to go traveling next year. Yeah. I need to, but I've got to get out of this country. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sitting there going, all right. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You know, there's because there's all this new. I was saying to someone the other day, um, because again, for me, it's not like we're like pro or for. It's like you do you, yeah. But don't 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 have you don't let your reason be bullshit. Your reason can be because I just choose and that's it. Cool. Don't come with oh because they're trying to wipe out all black people or oh because it's a way to control the population. <laughs> it's like. Come on, there's easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't make your reason be stupid. That's what I have an issue. Is it, there's a real easy, like, conspiracy thing, yeah? Real yeah. easy one. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's just politicians get backhanders from lots of yeah, big yeah. companies, yeah. right? Yeah. Lots of big companies. Yeah. What's, what makes you think that pharmaceutical companies are any different? Yeah. So if, yeah. The, if the pharmacy companies are lobbying politicians to get everyone vaccinated, yeah. they're going to want to get everyone vaccinated. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing as well, though. Here's the thing. I said to someone, that was, um, I said to someone recently, I said, look, they were going and sending me a letter. I said, it, the, 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 whole co- the whole vaccination conversation's over with. They've got so many uh, therapeutics now, which are like vaccines after the, f- after. Yeah. Like, I think it's prophylactics are before and therapeutics are after. Yeah. And there's, there's now, there's just been a pill um, that's been... Uh, authorized. Okay. That's a, a, a therapeutic. So uh, if you've got COVID, it's a it's a, a vaccine after you've already caught it and you're you, and you're ill. So it's like it's it's you don't need to argue about it no more. Carry on your life. If you don't get it, you don't need to worry. But if you do, now there's another option. And yeah. while you're on your sick deathbed, you could decide. <laughs> do you know yeah. What I mean? uh, yeah. Actually, give me that pill. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. Even uh, was it monoclonal antibodies? That, that's like I think oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. been shown to yeah. be highly effective yeah, yeah. against COVID yeah it's like well damn man like why, why not just let people that's the thing as well we've got as as a percentage of the population mm. and I actually had this conversation with someone the other day because they're like oh no I said I mentioned that I wasn't vaccinated that yeah why aren't you vaccinated that's my problem it's just I was like, like chill because I've had COVID bro yeah. and they're like yeah but the vaccine is still effective I goes what did you check and they're like what do you mean what, what sources did you check mm. to see that the vaccine's more effective? Because yeah. it goes, but it is. I said, where did you hear this? Yeah. On the news. What did they quote? 
I don't know. Okay, well, I can quote a study out of Israel that says well, that it's quite a few. That, that says that natural immunity from having caught it is, in the first instance, up to eight times more effective yeah, yeah. than getting the vaccine. Yeah. And also, the vaccine has already been proven to wane after six months, yep. Yep. and there's still people walking around today with antibodies from SARS-CoV-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was seventeen yeah. years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, now, now talk to me about why it is that I yeah. should definitely be vaccinated. And and I, piece I, of shit. <laughs> I get the argument of I get. I'm sorry, I just is, swore. that's the thing. Like, there's too much prejudge and bias when people are talking about it. Because I, I do. There's this argument. Like again, just looking at this stuff. There's this argument that if you if you're standing there and you haven't been affected, getting the getting the, the vaccine is um, particularly for certain age groups and demographics. Stupid. And, no, like say, getting the vaccine is safer. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Then actually risking getting COVID and then yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen because you could be high risk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then there's another set of there's another demographic where actually getting there's a high chance that if you just go about your life, you're not going to catch it, mm. or it's probably like a, what do you call it? Um, so uh, there was the obviously the CNN Dr. Dr. Gupta yeah. and Joe Rogan and some of the stuff they were discussing that there's certain age bands where you're more likely to have a side Adverse effect of, from yeah. uh, Covax than you are other things and obviously there's there's other factors involved well, in that dude, but you got quite sick when you got the vaccine eh? like not for not for long like so it was a day or two since since COVID's been a thing. I I just mean from that the because I remember the, the day you got jabbed one. we were actually going to do a podcast that day yeah the second one the second and one. you were like nah mate yeah. I'm done so it was it was so since this all started so let's say beginning of 2020 I've been fine um, didn't catch COVID the illest I've been is the, the worst I felt was one day after one of the vaccines right. The illest I've been is the recent cold I've had. Um, I've caught COVID um, and that was, but I had also been vaccinated. So it should have been right, right, less right. thing, but that was quite uh, uh, minor for me, but I still caught it after having been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even though cold, that's, that's, that's an extremely rare thing to happen, yeah. then you do know that, right? Your one in a never kit happened yeah. in ever history of the world yeah. <laughs> example. And my my uh, the cold I just had was not your feet. supposed to be quite a bad cold going around at the moment. Okay, to be which, honest, um, the kids, yeah, both both my little ones have had serious colds, yeah. man. Yeah. I've been this little madam next to me. She's been sneezing, and then a huge as she's sneezing, like a huge loogie's coming out of her nose. Yeah, man. Like, I'm having to catch it with my bare hand, bro, yeah. like a savage. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, here you go, love. I'll take that from you. I was like, the amount of sounds gross. The amount of phlegm that was coming out of me, man. I thought like, I was like, my my body water percentage must be real <laughs> down <there> right now. <laughs> like, damn, man, how do you make all this green stuff, yeah. Jesus? Yeah, it yeah, was, it's it not the one, isn't it? It wasn't. It but wasn't you know, there is a there's a there's a vaccine that they've actually. Do you know what? It's not even a new thing. It's like mm. this drug mm. that can stop, like, it doesn't stop you from getting COVID, but it like massively reduces the chance that you need to get hospitalised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but on top of that, it's like some wonder drug, bruv. I was reading about it the other day. It um, it can help you to lose weight, mm. increase your sex drive, your overall productivity. 
Um, and even uh, overall, they, they think it could increase your quality of life in later years and even extend your lifespan. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the drug though, bruv. Is it exercise? That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yes, that's it. Exercise, you lazy fucks. <laughs> oh, I keep swearing my daughter's lying down next to me. But um, yeah, man, yeah. like it's... No one wants to hear about that on the news though, do they? Yeah. You know, I, this is it. I said to someone the other day, yeah. So I sounded like quite evil when I said it, but I was like, listen, if you get hospitalized from COVID now, 90% chance it's your own fault. And someone's like, what? You can't say that. I'm like, listen, tell me someone who's in the hospital now with COVID that ain't fat. And they're like, what? I'm like, go down them wards, hospital wards, right? In the COVID section. Most of these people are fat, yeah. right? COVID's been around for a year and a half now. You're telling me you can't lose weight in a year and a half during a pandemic where you know, yeah. listen, right? If there was an axe murderer on the loose in your town and they said he only wants to kill fatties, <laughs> right? You'd be at the gym tomorrow, bruv. You'd be on Weight Watchers today. You yeah. Weight Watchers would be oversubscribed, yeah? They'd be like, oh, I don't want to get killed by this axe murderer. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got this disease that if you catch it, you die a slow and painful death. You suffocated, your lungs ain't working. You'd be in hospital, you can't see your family, nothing. At least the axe murderer just chop your head off, done. And here's the thing. I do think, I think that is, uh, there, there has been a chance, that has been a good opportunity for the government and the media to promote a legitimate reason but just more better well-being and prevention. Do you know what it is though, bruv? No one's lobbying politicians yeah, to yeah. get people walking in a yeah, park. Yeah. There's no money to be made off yeah. that. Except, you know, I feel like maybe Nike should be like trying to push that. Should be like, yeah. Just be like, come on guys, let's let's have this walk in, walk in the park club and get everyone on like, yeah. I don't know, posting a picture of their trainers while they're going for walks or something. <laughs> Speaking of trainers, I bought Elias a set of Air Force One. Uh, not Air Force Ones, um, Jordans, Jordans, yeah. Jordan ones. Oh, ones, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, must, black and mustard. No, they're black. Hold on, I got a picture of them. Yeah, black and orange. But yeah, they're they're clean, man. They click because you know what it is, right? I've never bought myself a set of Jordans, yeah. despite wanting to. Is that my general like fashion sense doesn't really like I can rarely get away with them. Yeah, especially because I'm. You know, like you wear Jordans out to certain situations, don't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm never in them situations these yeah. days. And by the time I became aware of it, I was like, oh, shit. But, I um, bought two pairs of Jordans. One I sold without wearing. One I actually bought for a fancy dress costume more than once and gave them to my nephew. Oh, these, these another pair. Red, red and black. Oh, they are nice. Yeah. There's actually the, the mustard the, ones are the ones I want. Breads. Okay. Um, black and red. That's the, the black and red trainers. That's like, the, yeah, the, the colorway. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice, man. They've got the Velcro thing on it, yeah, so it's yeah. easy tie up. I was like, yeah. mate, you are getting. Do you know what it was? I looked at them and I went, probably about 75 quid still, kids' trainers, isn't it? And they were like 45. I was like, you are getting those, son. <laughs> I, he wasn't even that sold on them initially. I was like, shut up. First pair. Even the woman in Foot Locker, she was like, do you want those? I was like, yeah, yeah. I goes, listen, you need to take a moment to appreciate this is first set of Jordans. She's like, oh, okay, okay. I said, yeah, you know. And the, that button they press and the balloons start coming. That's down. what they should have done, Rob. The woman was, because <laughs> you know what? He's size 13 and a half, right? He's about to be oh, wearing like like junior yeah, yeah. Tra- trainers instead of kids trainers. 
My man's four years old. Literally, I put one, uh, size ones on him and they were just a little bit too big. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, my boy's four years old. My sister gave me um, some of my nephew's old jumpers. Right? My nephew's 12 years old. He's only just grown out of them. She was like, they're only a little bit big for him. I was like, yeah, he's going to be at least a year and a half away from wearing these. How old is these jumpers? She's like, he's just grown out of them now. I was like, oh shit. So I'm, I'm thinking my yeah. kid's going to be a giant man. Like the pajamas he wears are like seven, eight year olds. And his thing, bruv, it's my... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke about that when he was a kid to someone. And they were, and they, and funnily enough, they actually changed his nappy a little while later. And she, this woman went, oh my God, he is quite big, isn't it? I was like, <laughs> you know he's daddy's boy. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, I didn't need no DNA test. <laughs> that's it. I was like, oh yeah, he mine. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's a madness. But yeah, man, it's a uh, yeah. That was a big moment, man. Him getting his first set of uh, yeah. set of Jordans. But um, so. but yeah, I've, and what else I've been doing? Last week we had the British Nationals yeah, yeah, for Taekwondo, right. bruv. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I was devastated. It my day. So first of all, I had to write an email, and actually I got a response from one of the emails I sent to an MP. I'll get to that in a minute. I'll be an email MPs and shizzle. <laughs> But uh, you in that board? I'm that I'm that white guy now, brother. I write emails. Sure. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like you're that guy, bro. That sounds like you're that chick. <laughs> like I'll be at home baking and I'll be writing letters. <laughs> That's it. Oh dear. No, no joking. No joking. But um, but now basically, uh, a gender neutral podcast. That's it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I went. I went for this weigh in. Now, the weigh in. Uh, so the the event was at the copper box, and the weigh in was there the day before weigh-in was from midday till 8 p.m so actually i think it was earlier it might have been from 11 a.m anyway so i was like all right if, if it's going on from that early people tend to get there early and um so what i'll do i'll go down like three o'clock so i'll finish my normal class i, I left Sutton at about one and i barely got there i think it was about quarter past three by the time i got there i drove from South London to East London. You think about that, brother. That took me two hours to get from South London yeah, to East London. London. I could have driven from Slough to Birmingham in less time yeah. than that. Yeah. Right? So I get there. I park up on this spot where it's like right outside Copper Box and it's 30 minute stop or residence. So I'm just going to go in, get them weighed and then go. It's going to be a quick thing. Yeah. I get there. There's a massive queue. I was like, what the hell is going on, man? There's people. So I recognise someone halfway down the queue. I go chat to him. I'm like, dude, how long have you been here? He's like, hour and a half. I'm like, you what? He goes, yeah, yeah, hour and a half. Bro, I was there for nearly four hours all in, queuing up to weigh in. How many people did you have to weigh in? Four. Just four people to weigh in. Now, in that time, obviously, I'm sat there. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm emailing the, the national governing body. So I emailed them and just said, listen, this is a joke. You can't seriously expect kids to be standing around for three hours and then the next day compete. Yeah. Like you you are on your own lowering the standard that, of, of competition. Um, and partly what it was is that a team would queue up together as a team. And th- let's, say, let's say I was fighting and a couple of my students are fighting. I would have to get weighed in separately to them because of safeguarding for kids. Wow. And they only have one set of scales. Okay. 
So I have to go in, get myself weighed, put my clothes back on, come back out. And then the others go in. So just me going in will take like four minutes. Go in, weigh, get my details authenticated, sign my weight, all that, and then come back out. Cool. And then the kids got to go in, that's another four minutes. Whereas if you just took all the adults out the line from whatever club they're in, say, right, lads, you all pile in and out, down to your boxes, all jump on the scales, get weighed, and then you bugger off. Mm. And then start bringing in the kids from each club one by one by one. Done. But instead, they do it their way. And I'm like, just that on its own is simple. What about just get another set of scales? (laughs) Jesus. So didn't get a response from that. But fine. So ended up booking a hotel because I was I was like screw that I'm what I'm going to drive home now, and then have to leave my house two and a half hours early and forget that. So I got a hotel in um, right next to Westfields Stratford. Yeah. Park up, luckily find the old shopping centre that's in yeah, Stratford. Yeah, yeah. Parked up in there. Walked down the stairs to a guy doing blow on the window ledge. Yeah. Casually, bruv, I heard him before I saw him. Just, and as I come down, just see this guy hunched over the banister. I'm like, what are you doing? You crackhead. So, um, yeah, come to the next day, queuing outside to get into the venue for over an hour. What was the, where, where was the venue? Copper box. Oh, okay. Still. Yeah, yeah, right? So that was a joke. Get in. Warm-up area is pretty small. They don't want any of the spectators leaning on the barrier for the balconies. They're like, no, no, it's a health and safety risk. You're telling me the barrier that's designed to stop people from falling <laughs> over the edge isn't strong enough to stop people from falling over the edge? You're just trying to kill the atmosphere up in here or what? Yeah. Anyway, I had um, so I had four fighters and two of them won their first fight okay. by big margins as well. Yeah. I was like, yes, come on. Good start to the day. Yeah. My next kid that was fighting, it was his first tournament A-class. I wasn't expecting him to win. Yeah. He put up a good performance. Okay. I was like, that's fine, mate. It's your first tournament A class. I can't expect you to go out there and put a beating on everyone. The kid that you fought against was actually pretty decent. Yeah. So don't worry about it, man. You did it right. He's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Next, I had uh, two guys fighting at the same time. So I had to get my Stuart to coach one of them. Yeah. And uh, both of them, both of these kids just kind of, kind of bottled it, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't want to be harsh, right? I, I love... I love my students. I love these lads. They're, yeah. they're good boys. But they both looked at their opponents and went, oh, they're really good. I bet they're better than me. And I'm like, that's it now. We might as well just not bother. Yeah. Once you do that, once you start going, oh, this person's going to be good, this person's going to be good, you, you're giving them an advantage. Yeah. One of them actually did get hurt in the fight, um, got hit with a, a back kick, like pretty much on his neck. Yeah. And it stunned him. You can see it stunned him for a second. And then, but... It, up to a point the fight was kind of competitive then he got hit with a couple of shots and he just kind of went into his shell and um, and then after the second round I, like, I could, he had like <sighs> defeatist look on his face and I was like listen mate if you're going to actually have that kind of attitude tell me now throw the towel in yeah. and he went go on then I don't want to fight I was heartbroken bruv I was like nah and it wasn't like for for me as a coach obviously I put a lot of effort into this kid and it was a bit disappointing for me to be like raw this kid don't even want to fight the full fight. like it's only another two minutes mm. go ahead and finish the fight man do your thing 
But I said to him, I said, like, after the match, I said, look, man, I'm a bit angry, but I'm going to let go of that. I just want you to talk, be open. It's done now. What's up? And he's like, oh, I'm a bit dizzy. Hit me with this. I'm not, I just didn't feel confident to carry on. And I'm like, all right, well, your safety is the most important thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't express my anger, right? Yeah. Because it'd be misplaced. Yeah. But really, bruv, he could have carried on. And it, it should have been a case of me looking at him going, I don't think it's safe for you to carry on. Yeah. And I've made that decision on students before. I made yeah, that yeah. decision three weeks ago for yeah. two different students. Yeah. I said, nah, it's too dangerous. Don't want you getting hurt. Throw the towel in. I'll, I'll happily do it. I, I know fighters that want to fight don't want no one throwing the towel in. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you've got to be saved from yourself. Yeah. This lad did not need to be saved from himself. Right? He was going to lose the fight, but it would have served him well to get experience with a better yeah. player. And then the other lads, similar kind of story, except he was, there was a, the other kid had a big height advantage on him. And um, yeah, he, he didn't really want to be there, didn't, didn't perform well, and that was it. And then the last fighter that I had up, who was in the quarterfinals, his was a bit of a weird one, bro, because his first match, whatever court or ring he was fighting on, massive point gap in his favour the other kid even when he was throwing certain kicks that I was looking at like come on they should be scoring mm. they didn't come up to the point where I was like I don't think that kid's equipment's working properly right, okay. when when my lad goes for his next fight on the same court yeah. he's wearing the opposite colours right. yeah. he kicked his opponent in the head didn't get point for it and the fight we watched before that this it was two women the woman wearing the same colours as my lad in his second fight, she hit her opponent in her about four times, didn't get points for it. But they didn't care because she was putting so much of a whooping on the girl anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they should have complained. Yeah. They should have done a, a equipment check. And for me, there wasn't a point where in that match it looked like it was viable for me to actually make a complaint for an equipment yeah. check. So yeah, man, unfortunately I left it, left that tournament quite unhappy I, was, I pulled all my players to a side I had a group chat with them in front of the parents yeah. and then I took them all one by, uh, to the side one by one and for the most part bro, it's, it's lack of confidence on yeah, for them yeah. and I'm like okay as a coach how do I build that up mm. I know how to build it up I've got to break them down when you've been through really difficult challenges mm. and you've come to the other side you start to have a, a bit more respect for your own abilities yeah so I'm hurting my students these days, bruv. Yeah. I'm hurting them. Well, actually, I'm not. They're hurting each other. Yeah. But I'm like, listen, guys, and I've been saying it for ages. For years, I've been saying it. You need to hurt each other. If you like each other, you need to hurt each other. Because if I tell you to kick your friend in the face, you're not going to blast him in the face. Yeah. You're going to hit him, yeah. but you're not going to hurt him that mad. But you guys don't even want to hit each other in the face. If you're friends, you will fight yeah. and you'll still be friends after. Because you'll be there to work to make each other better. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not willing yeah. to do that, don't bother trying to compete. Because yeah. if you're not used to, like, you have to be able to switch on. I'm going to mess you up. you got to switch that on. Yeah. And if you're not used to switching it on, mm. when it comes time to switch on, you can't. Yeah. You just go into your shell. So, yeah, that was a bit disheartening. Obviously, Coach was there as well. He had two of his guys. They didn't perform too well either. Yeah, I was speaking to him about that today, actually. Bad day in the office. Yeah. What, what was actually funny was um, 
one of my students, I'd bought his, uh, you have to wear these electric electronic socks in Taekwondo. And um, yeah, one of my students, he uh, uh, he had the wrong wrong size. I went and asked one of my students, guys, if we could borrow his. And he pulled out the wrong brand of socks. They wouldn't work at that tournament. Oh, no. I was like, mate, you messed up. What's wrong with you? But um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Do you know actually another thing they did, which first time I've I've seen them do it, they had uh, metal detectors at the fighters oh, check in, yeah. at the fighters check in. So when you go oh. to check in to the yeah. fighting area, they check to make sure you've got all your equipment. They also had metal detectors to make sure people didn't have any extra magnets, because obviously there's magnets inside the socks. Oh right, okay. But here's the thing, right? You know those ones, the one type metal yeah, detectors. Yeah. These guys, like, when they got just below the knee, mm. it would go... The, the noise yeah. button. Thing is, realistically, if you wanted to cheat, you would put extra magnets in your shin pads. Right. So that if you hit someone yeah, with yeah, your shin, yeah. you still got a point for it. Yeah. It's the most logical thing to do. Yeah. They were checking people's hands and everything to make sure there's no, none in their gloves. That's fine, fairly yeah. reasonable. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing I don't get right. I'm like, they didn't they didn't metal, put a metal detector over the coaches. Yeah. So I'm like, if the coach helped his student by putting a magnet in his glove after he's been checked in, you guys would be none the wiser. <coughs> so it's a yeah, yeah to that extent that's a bit of a it's a bit of a cheat man. It's a bit of a, a cheap system, but um, but yeah, it's interesting. What prompted that? What prompted to have someone in another country did it? No one's ever done it in the UK, but someone has apparently. Uh, Like you buy another set of socks, take the magnets out of those socks, and then put them underneath the lining of your own equipment, even inside your uniform. Put like a little pouch, stitch it to the inside. It's a it's an interesting idea, Uh, cheap and but but here's the thing as well, bruv. I can understand why someone would want to do that. I can. Yeah. Because you can blast someone in the body, hit them s- nice, clean, square. You could win them. Yeah. Still not get a point for it. The The system does not work all that well. And is there no, like, manual override still? No, no, no. And what happened is, as this system, like, as this system was being launched over the first couple of years, mm. and all these flaws were seen, coaches would put up protests and say, look, he clearly hit him. Yeah. It's clearly a point. So they introduced um video replay system. Yeah. But then these coaches kept on going, look, he clearly hit him, clearly hit him. So it's all right now, coaches, you're not allowed to complain whether or not you got hit. The system is infallible. You can only put up protests for bad refereeing decisions. I'm like, what? you are that stuck in this idea of this infallible system that you're going to write off even the possibility complain like I could hit someone bro I could kick someone in the face yeah and obviously it's not going to score points because you're not connecting with the head yeah, guard yeah because I saw that and I, I was baffled and if, if the referee doesn't score yeah. sc- stop and score it you're done you can't even protest there was, when, there was there was one where um, <clears throat> the fight got stopped but the person didn't get points yeah that'll happen yeah so it's like this person can't alright granted he's won because this but it's, it's but it's like the point Surely, like, Bro, I don't know. I and don't know. E- even at nationals level, mm. I had one fighter. He was fighting, winning, and his opponent got a penalty, which means you give my fighter an extra point yeah. rather than deducting a point from the guy who committed the foul. 
Next thing you know, they've given the kid that committed the foul the extra point. I was like, okay, put on my protest card, told them what they did. They went and checked it. And then the, the guys at the referee's head table, they're like, yeah, good job, coach. Good spot. Sorry about that. Give me my card back. Took the additional point off from the kid's opponent yeah. and gave it to my guy. And uh, in that same kid's next fight, they gave the other kid a penalty and then it just didn't come up on the screen at all. So again, I had to protest it and go, look, you know, there's many examples of this happening. And I often complain it to the point where, complain about it to the point where most of the officials know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, this this can't be right. And I have a small team of very inexperienced yeah. fighters. So, so, so that can potentially create a two point swing if they t- now if there's a penalty, like you take it off one person, give it to the other. Yeah, if they do it wrong, yeah. So instead of, yeah, so if if they're supposed to give one point to the blue player. But instead, oh, they, they give don't one take point. It off the other no, no, no. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. No. So, it. I guess it's only one point. Yeah. yeah. But it's. It's just a bit clap, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. For me, it's like all right. I I need to push my push my guys a little bit harder. But yeah, I didn't get an email back from from British Taekwondo about my complaints. But I did get an email back from yes. this guy Tandesi, who oh. is the MP for Slough. And so uh, if any of you guys remember the, the episode where I spoke about emailing this guy, it was after he uh, spoke in the House of Commons about um, rape gangs up in the north of England. And it was basically being reported not by not just by the media, but also by like crime reporting agencies mm. that a decent percentage of these crimes were permit were committed by say let's just say Asian men yeah but even do you know what? I'm just saying oh, it's Pakistani men yeah. so he got up in House Commons and said we shouldn't be reporting on this because it creates more of a racial divide in our communities you know it creates this sense of lack of trust amongst certain ethnicities that you know you'll be mm. unnecessarily avoiding these kind of people because yeah. you foresee them as a threat when they're really not mm. so I emailed this guy and I actually gave him a little bit of my background. I said, obviously, you know, I've been married to a Pakistani. You know, I've got mixed-raced kids. You know, even though I'm a white British male myself, you know, I, I talk a lot about racial politics. Uh, just to be clear, this is not me going, mate, you should blame it all, all on the Pakistanis and that. It's all them coloured lot that are coming over here causing problems. Yeah. I just wanted to make it clear to him in that respect. Like, look, yeah. I'm not coming at it as like, you should be race-blaming here. Yeah. But you should also... Call it what it is. Yeah. Right? So his response to me, and I'm going to read this to you, even though it's long, I'm going to read it kind of quick. So, dear Lewis, thank you for taking the time to write to me regarding the important issue of grooming gangs and sexual exploitation of children. My sincere apologies for the delayed response. This was months ago as well, by the way. Uh, But we've had an unprecedented huge increase in casework, as no doubt people are facing even greater problems during this difficult time. Child sex sexual exploitation is a sickening crime and predators who abuse children must face full force of the law. Mm. Uh, any conversation about grooming gangs must have the victim at the heart of it. Their bravery to come forward is the reason why we know about this systematic abuse and many of the children are affected by these crimes who will never recover from the abuse that they have suffered. Mm. So far, spot on. I welcome this report on the issue from the Home Office and he's put the link to it. 
He says, uh, though it should have been published much sooner to answer your question about hiding particular ethnicity information to the public, I believe we should always be willing to have an open and reasoned conversation containing actual facts. We need to call out abuse wherever we see it, uh, whether we see it and punish perpetrators um, in order to stop future crimes uh, being committed in the first place. The report found that the majority of people in the grooming gangs are white and come from uh, a range of backgrounds. It would be false to claim that the criminals involved in grooming uh, gangs and group-based child sex exploitations belong to one ethnicity or religion and to say, uh, sorry, and to focus on any group would hamper investigations. Sadly, abuse across all communities and backgrounds exists. I agree that we should work to prevent these horrible crimes happening in the future. We must tackle the root cause of these crimes, which is largely, uh, which is largely misogyny and power dynamics at work, collaboratively, to minimise the risks of this these abhorrent crimes affecting our community. Mm. Additionally, we must take a victim-centred approach, and our priority should be ensuring that the victim support services are accessible and available. Thank you once again for contacting me about this important issue. Please be assured that I will continue to speak out for victims of grooming gangs, child exploitation. Yours sincerely, Tandesi MP. Right. Sounds great, right? Mm. Here's the problem, though. I, like an idiot, actually clicked on the the link yeah. for the um, where is it for this thing that he sent me, yeah. and I'm going to read a little bit of this. So he quote, there's four sources on here. One, two, oh, sorry, five. Right. <clears throat> so do, 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 let me just skip to it. Data was returned on approximately 2,300 possible offenders, but approximately 1,100 were excluded from the analysis due to a lack of basic information. So there's your first thing. That's one third. Right. Nearly, well, actually, no, it's more than a third. It's nearly half. Nearly half of the, the potential criminals... You didn't have the the information. Yeah. What? In order to conclude them in this. You didn't put someone's ethnicity down. That's a kind of really easy thing to, to spot. Yeah. And and question like, mm -hmm. mate, what's your background? How? It's not a complicated yeah, question yeah. to ask, can it? Yeah. Right. So anyway. Um. Uh, ethnicity data was unknown for thirty eight percent of them. So, okay. so, so of of the cases that you've got that you know, yeah, then then you, you'd use that sample size to to, to make your yeah. analysis. Right. I think I think I think um, <clears throat> with that maybe it's just that sensitivity of not wanting to um, because you can still you, you well what they wouldn't do is make a guess. All right. So so here's the thing. Yeah. So let me give you this bit. This yeah. is the next part of the same. This was CEOP. I don't know who that is. But it says, um, yeah, of the data that was available, 30% of offenders were white. That's right. the majority. 30%? 30% of white. those who... Of offenders were white. white. Okay. 28% were Asian. Okay. Now, whilst it is fair to say that the majority are white... No, 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 no. I'm, so there's a, there's a clear disproportionate representation. Yeah, yeah. But if only 30%, who's, there's still... It says twenty eight percent were Asian. Yeah, there's still forty two percent. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't list the other forty two percent. Okay, so it listed the two highest groups. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. So that's very disproportionately, and this is where MPs are good at muddling words. It's like because no, they're not the majority. No, they're not the main. But 
yeah. disproportionately represented. Yeah. 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 Uh, the next source said around 1,500 individuals were identified, but there was no data on ethnicity for 21% of them. Where data was available, white was the largest category. However, it should be noted that the data release uh, relates to a time period at least 10 years ago when agencies were less familiar with the CSE. Uh, this work does not distinguish between groups. So that's okay. That one leaves it fairly ambiguous mm. and it mm. doesn't give you any specific information. And bearing in mind, white is the most, like the biggest majority ethnicity in this country. So if you had anything other than white, immediately alarm bells would be ringing. Yeah. yeah. The next one says of 52 groups where data provided was usable, half of the groups consisted of all Asian offenders. 11 were white offenders, four were all black, and two were exclusively Arab. There were nine groups where offenders came from mixed ethnic backgrounds. Looking at offenders across all groups, 306 offenders, 75% were Asian. And then it says, however, as with CEOP, uh, these figures should be treated with caution due to the amount of missing data. Okay, but of the data that you do have... Yeah. 75% 75% are Asian. I think, I think, I think it's a weird one, right? Because there's definitely truth to, I understand, it's, it's about education, right? So it's like, yeah, you don't want to just put out, you're never going to, and it would be incorrect to say, all Asian people are this. And I think that's what they're saying. They don't want that to even Do you know what it is, come across of that. But, by ignoring the data and think you're not going to be able to solve the problem. So it's, it's about, and this is the problem, right? What kind of this, and this is, this is, this is, it's almost a separate piece of education where when people are educated enough, yes, we can, we can, when there's better representation in the media and other things, yeah, we can separate that this group of people can be bad and be from this ethnicity, but that is not the whole ethnic yeah is not the whole that's not representative of the whole or the whole uh, thing here's a good example bruv we get this kind of propaganda thrown at us for ages yeah about um muslim terrorists yeah yeah but who actually thinks all muslims are terrorists and that's yeah and that's the thing we're not stupid bruv some people do yeah but those people (laughs) that do they are they're the kind of people that like you're like you'd see them on the street and you'd be like good morning and they're like yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking know the weather's nice, isn't it? Yeah. You know what it is as well? You know what it is as well? There's because because some of the, I think as well, because so much of the, of the uh, racist people in this country who are vocal mm. are trying to lean on real issues. So they're trying to take things like this. Tommy Robinson's a prime example, right? He tries to disguise his racism as something he really cares. Like, oh, this is a passionate thing. They're, they're, um, you know, it's grooming gangs and this and that, and actually trying to use that to give his racism and his thug like that he's had a complete history of, not just this recent thing. Yeah. Legitimize it. Like he's got a real concern. And I think they're trying to not feed into that. But actually, that's a very small minority. It's almost, do, do you know what I mean? So they're, 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 but it's a very small minority, but it has big headlines. So it's almost like they're gearing their, their, their speeches and what they're saying and how they're dealing with things to, 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 so this small minority doesn't have 
um, uh, fuel. But actually, most people, the vast, vast majority, don't agree with them already. So you actually don't need to, you can ignore them. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's, that's the problem. I think that, I think, I think it's, it's hard to talk about things when so, things are, like when groups are disproportionately represented. Yeah. But now, here's the thing as well, right? It. Here's the thing. Mm. He didn't need to get up and make this statement yeah. in the House of Commons. Yeah. And if he didn't get up and make this statement, I wouldn't have been more aware that there is a disproportionate representation of Asians in yeah. the community committing these crimes. Yeah. So if anything, he's guilty yeah. of assuming that people are dumb and would just take his word that's, for and it. That's the part of that sort so, of So there's, yeah. there's one. Yeah. Second yeah. one, he's guilty of assuming that I'm an idiot and wouldn't click the link that he sent me yeah. and read the information that he provided. Yeah. And then, and then kind of misquoted. But I think that, I think the reality is, and this might sound harsh, I think, as you said, MPs and a lot of people in that world are out of touch. But also, and that's at one end, but also at the other end, a lot of the public are easy to fool. Yeah. So for a lot of people, you fucking idiots. they were standing up, he was standing up for them. And yeah, also, um, if you look at, it's not just him standing up for people from Pakistan, it's him standing up for, I'm the guy who stands up for, for ethnic, ethnic minorities and I'm in a I'm in a in a town I represent a, a, a diverse a, a yeah. diverse that has a high do you know what I mean so I believe he's probably playing to his his audience um but yeah and that's that's I said unfortunately there's a lot I believe there's a large swing of our population who yeah fall for that kind of well the the reason silliness. why the, the other reason why I knew immediately he was politicking me yeah because that's what politicians do they politic you he didn't even answer my question yeah i was just gonna say that i was gonna say that because i asked him what are you actually doing to make a difference about this in in the community like there needs to be some kind of community cohesion where we get together with people in these groups especially the women in these groups Mm. and say look if this happens this is abhorrent behavior Mm. not just in in the uk if this happens anywhere it's out of order man women like i'm not i'm not what you'd call like a a typical feminist right although dave Chappelle looked up the definition of feminist if you watched Chappelle's special and he just said anyone that is you know in favor of equal rights for men and women well shit i'm i'm that guy right but i'm also like treat your women like queens man who do you look up who do you love the most in the world your mum like your mum is the the like you grow up loving your mum more than anything. She's a woman. You should and and if you found out that something bad happened to your mum, you'd want to kill whoever did it to her. You want your mum protected. And who's the second woman that you? Who's the second person you love? You'll be your wife, and then or your daughter. Yeah. You know, and then your wife. Whatever. Like, yeah. it's you. Even all men. Mm have the strongest feelings for your women in the, in your life and yet you can go off and do this fucked up stuff yeah. to other women. Yeah. I think I think I think there's a I think one of the big things that's missed in this country with regards to, to multiculturalism is the conversations that we have among ourselves. So there there is like we can always we can you know when I go to work everyone is um everyone's cool because we have a work culture. When yeah. I go to taekwondo everyone's cool because we have our taekwondo culture in the high street we have our high street culture, we have public culture how you're supposed to act with each other in public but when I've, I've i've been with or have spoken to 
white people, Asian people, black people, and I can I can testify for myself coming from there's still things that um, we talk about within our community. Yeah. yeah. That and I think that's the stuff that's shared. So um uh <laughs> in fact just to segue quickly and this is kind of a little bit so you're very much aware of of the black man nod, right? Yes. <laughs> Bro This thing happened the other day. So I'm walking there's this there's this white guy, this black guy. Um they were doing <laughs> some roadworks, right? Yeah. And they're leading the side of the road and I walk past him, go to the shop. On my way back, me and the black guy look on now remember the white guy's just standing right next to him and they're kind of talking, yeah? Me and, the, me and the black guy locked eyes. So what did we do? We done our little nod. <laughs> I nodded. The black guy nodded back. So the white guys obviously see this, but not understanding our cultural cues. Yeah. So we just go, oh, hi, good morning. <laughs> 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 and I was <just> like, <laughs> just because he's just seen me nodding and just saying hi. So Steve, do you know that guy or <laughs> yeah. what? Because he just blanked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I was like, dear. I was telling Tyler, she was just like, oh, that's actually quite cute. <laughs> like, he was just, he just went, oh, he's been polite, oh, hello. Yeah. But again, even that, right, it's because he didn't understand that cultural cue. Yeah. That isn't, and obviously you're around a lot of black guys and stuff, but Bro, I, most. I get black guy nod with black guys sometimes. <laughs> this is what I, mean. I see a roster the other day <laughs> at the petrol station. He looked at me straight and just nodded straight. I was like, yeah. safe for you, right? Yeah. But that's Standard. that's that's like a, that's a, a an example of it. It's just like where a lot of people, because he wouldn't have recognised it, and, and to tell the truth, it's cool that he said that because at the same time, it wouldn't have been a deliberate thing where we wanted to exclude him. Yeah, yeah. And but now and now he's being a little bit more of, aware. Yeah, Steve probably a, went no, 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 bro. What that is, right? It's, it's yeah. called a Batman nod. You know about it. But even just that lack of understanding. Yeah. Although he's he works and he's clearly friendly with black people and da 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 da, but we have kind of kept that yeah. to us. And it's even I think there's certain things, and it's like he can understand that and still not necessarily be involved, but be aware of it. Yeah. And I think it's that. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens within our communities that we're not aware of. I've been in I've been in, I've been in a taxi before with a guy uh, this. Asian guy was driving. <laughs> Sorry, um, bro. Before you even said it, I was going to say, just say Asian, bro. Just say Asian. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to be specific. Where in Asia? But I thought, no, I'll just keep it general. And um, he, he, um, he <laughs> no. was talking to me. We were just talking about something happening in the news, and he was saying, yeah, like when I, you know, when I was back home, if they would have done, it, I would have killed them. They would have done this. Da, 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 da. And he was just talking about things that where he's from, it's just more acceptable to react to to this crime in these ways yeah and it's the same and it's like you know like i've had someone recently we we're talking about covid and i said yeah my missus has got covid much worse than me we both had it but yeah she she was a lot not worse than me this is an asian guy and he said to me yeah like well we have turmeric and all these herbs and spices in our diet like turmeric and he's basically going to me turmeric sick man turmeric's like it's so good for you it actually really is uh, yeah and he's like yeah. we have it in our diet that's why we're not getting as sick as them that's what I mean. And again, it's like, he's saying that to me, but I know he's not going to speak the same because we're ethnic. And, but he's, and it's like, that's cool. That's, I'm not saying there's a problem with that, but it's like, it's just examples of things that, and views we have within our communities that wasn't included in the multicultural thing. It wasn't in part of the sharing. Yeah. And there's still these things. And I think that there's still, and I've seen this from before where there's a, in certain, again, I'm not going to be specific to the country, 
So I'll just say in certain Asian communities, there is an element that because of how women are uh, are are in, in, in their cultures, women that act in other ways in other cultures aren't as respected. And therefore, if you have less respect, you're less likely to be as respectful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's easier then to mistreat. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's those sort of conversations that need to be had. There needs to be edu- more education about how we, our views in communities. You know, I mean, as I said, I've, and it's just, as, I, as I mentioned, it's the same as in, 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 and this is again, I'm just saying, picking up light examples to not make it overly deep, but the amount of times, oh, you're black, can you dance? So is that just what you've been thinking all the time <laughs> within yeah. your community? Come, let's speak. And I could dispel that one for you. Because I ain't got yes, no rhythm. <laughs> you know. Oh, dear. It's, it's do, you, do you know, actually, so here's, I'll give, um, I, I'll give my, my cousins a little bit of free advice here. Yeah? If, mm. if you're, if you're of the, the um, Caucasian persuasion, you're listening to this, you might have had this thing, yeah, where, and it, so I'll, I'll just tell you what happened to me, right? Yesterday, I'm in a queue waiting to order some food. And there's a, Indian guy, he's he's British Indian behind me. He's got a he's got a beard, he's got a turban, and um he's he's chatting to his his mate. He initially it's just him behind him behind me, and then his mate comes over and starts talking. And just because they were quite close to me and they started talking, I turned because it's like for me as a it's more of a martial like as a martial artist thing, I'm like, okay, I know there's someone standing behind me. I know it's not really a threat. I just like to be aware yeah, yeah. of who's standing this close to me right now. Yeah. So I turn and they like, they look at me as I turn and look at them, right? And I, I didn't want to like be awkward and stare at them or nothing. I'm standing less than two feet away from them. Yeah. So that'd be a bit weird. But you could tell that like, there's a little awkward moment for a second. And I was like, in that awkward moment, and here's something white people never have to think about is, is that person looking at me because they're racist? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm sure you've had it then at some yeah, point. Yeah. Someone's just looked at you, yeah. not not even necessarily yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. But it was an unnecessary look. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, it's very true. And it's things and that that there's I think that's part of it as well. Right. I do think that is part of it. I do think there are shared experiences yeah. within communities that other communities wouldn't go through. So therefore we do have these shared yeah. things. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. I'm aware of this. Yeah. I knew that this thing happened. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's not good. I don't want these guys thinking, oh, that guy's a bit awkward, look at them, whatever, right? So the guy, the, the guy who was initially behind me, I hear him say to his mate, because this queue's taken long, the women in front of us are umming and ahhing about what they want now that they're at the front. And he's like, he just says, this is bare annoying, you know, like make up your mind before you get to the front. He's like, you're just wasting time. I've been standing for ages. So then... It's my turn to order. The guy makes me wait for a minute while he goes off to the kitchen. He comes back. He's like, what do you want? And I go, right, this is what I want. I just rinse it, bang, 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 bang. And then I turn to a guy and that's how you order my boy. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, man, you get me. This is so annoying. And it was like, we just had this little moment. And then even just as I was walking off, he's like, safe, man, you have a good night. Yeah, I was like, yeah, man, you too. And it's like, that for that guy, the reason why he jumped on that little minor bit of banter mm. is because he was like, oh, that guy's not a dickhead. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. 
And uh, and obviously, I'm not a mind reader, bruv. I don't yeah. know that that's what happened. Yeah. But you know what? I've, I've been around enough black and Asian people yeah. to know those situations yeah. and know that that is a common thing. Yeah. I do that I do that with women sometimes. Yeah. Where I'll just try to... If they if they look at you and they're a bit worried, I'm, you kind of see a little bit of apprehension yeah, in their yeah, eyes. Do something to let you try and be like, oh, no, no. Just, just something to kind of do you know break that do? ice, make it seem a bit more relaxed. And then, yeah, you know. Do you know what I do, bruv? So. Always works out. Yeah. I just, I just whip it out. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't. I don't. Normally, the distraction tactics. Yeah. Nah. Normally, what I do is I go, "Damn, girl, where did you get that handbag? That is so nice. That's this season, isn't it? I know it is. And that's that just alleviates yeah, it, bruv. Yeah. There's no more now. Yeah. There's no more. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, you're an alloy." I'm like, "Of course I am, babes. <laughs> Look at you." Now let's go into the change rooms. Let me see what you're working with. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that Chappelle sketchy on his uh, recent one. He's like, I'll look after you. I'll make sure no one has to do anything to you. All I ask in exchange is that you suck my dick. <laughs> He's like, now we're back to square one. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Do you know what? I can't. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it, but. I I feel like I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And it's stuff that I've spoken about way before he's he's said. Of course. It. And the thing is he's actually And there's no no hate to to anyone. Um and I think this for me the simplest way to sum it up is we're all trying to get along, uh, so get by. People are looking out for their best interests. Yeah. Um but it's from different starting points. And until you speak to each other, you may feel like our interests are not yours. But when you actually come together and and, and, and explain and actually sit around the same table and, and have that conversation, you very quickly realise you're all on the you know you're all on the same side. Yeah, man. Um, it's Do you know, funny enough. I actually had a conversation with a, a quite um, someone who's quite religious, mm. and. Um, he was talking talking about uh, Islam, mm. and um, I can't remember the word. Uh, it, he said we're all on a journey, right? And I like smiled, and he's like, "Why are you smiling?" I goes, "You know, when I speak to religious people, and I have a lot of debates about religion. I have a lot of discussions with mm. religious people. I don't hesitate to get into deep conversations with priests, with imams. Mm. I don't mind, right? I, I actually enjoy talking about religious philosophy, but I, I always start with the same thing: is that we're all on a journey." We're headed the same direction. We just have different ways of getting it. Yeah. And even if you don't believe that on a philosophical level, mm. motherfucker, we're all going to die. Yeah. So we are all headed the same direction. Yeah. It's about the journey, how you're going to get there. Mm. And if you believe in God, it's going to affect the journey of how you get there. You believe in Allah, Wahiguru, whoever it is, right? Mm. Jah. Mm. Then you're going you're gonna to choose a different path. And it's about... You know how how your path defines you, and uh, yeah, it's the same thing. Like you know, you get. Um, in fact, actually, there was a there was this uh, like animated thing. It was like this Southern American guy who was like a clan member, and then there was a an like a Afghan or something, and it was like they were talk they 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 were like started fighting with each other, but then they were talking about their religious perspective and this and it turned out they had a lot of a lot in common yeah. and they ended up like oh okay okay cool 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 my brother yeah. so yeah it's it's one of them man like you can always find common ground with people yeah. you know yeah. 
I think I think, um, and I'm not going to try and speak to anyone's um, experiences. What I think is often happens is you get a few loud, louder. I don't want to say loud like oh, they're just loud. A few louder people who who are very vocal, and people start allowing that to represent that whole community. Yeah. Even with, within every community, no, like no community is a single entity. Every community has multiple views, has multiple people, has, mul- you know, like as, as crazy amounts of different views and different experiences and different. Yes, there's always going to be common ones. And I think that's um, that's. Uh, and then when that one and when that happens and there's no conversation, there's no proper dialogue between things or, you know, many views represented as i said one over one type of view tends to become the spokes person for that whole community and i i i being even as a black person when that happens there's many situations that doesn't represent me yeah that doesn't represent me me as a black brit does not have the same experience as a as a uh, Af- a black american me as a black brit from Caribbean heritage doesn't have the same experience from my friends who um, are from West Africa, you know. So it's it's um, yeah, it's it's, and I think that's the same. That's the same for for everyone. I was saying this with my, my aunt actually the other day, uh, and I was saying like, you know, like when people say white people and treat it as a monolith, um, like working white cl- working class white people's experience is very different to. Boris Johnson or yeah, <laughs> or Prince Harry. And, Shit, man! The know. working class is the working class is broad as well, man. Because yeah, yeah. there's people in the working class earning thirty grand a year, yeah. and there's people in the working class earning three hundred grand a yeah. year. They're yeah. still working yeah. class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, their experiences are vastly different. Yeah, and I think what's happened with the Dave Chappelle thing is is a few fewer voices are representing. Or, yeah. or being heard, I shouldn't say represent, are being heard more than the amount of different opinions that there actually are. Yeah. And is, and this, do you know what, funny enough, I had a conversation with someone once um, and they were, they were talking about, oh, you know, like it's, it's massively different for uh, black people in the UK to white people in the UK. Like they, they always get harassed by the police. And I was having this conversation with a young black guy, mm. similar age to me. Mm. And, uh, I goes, do you, do you think it's like hugely different for everyone? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, all right. How many times have you been pulled over without actually breaking the law? And he's like, what? I goes, like legit, how many times have you been unnecessarily pulled over? And he's like, no, I've, like, I've been pulled over, but like for minor things yeah. that really you shouldn't need to, like not indicating. Yeah. You know, and they pull you over like, oh, you didn't indicate. Just want to make sure you're paying attention. Da, da, da. Nothing come of it, yeah. but still. I was like, all right. I goes, well, by that account, I must be black. He's like, what? I was like, man, I've been pulled over like three, four times without breaking the law. I've been pulled over and I've been told your car has, or a car matching your description of your car has been used in burglaries around this area. I was like, at that time, bro, I was driving a, a fairly new Burgundy Audi A3, right? Who 
uses a burgundy hatchback for, for robberies. Yeah. Right? I was like, nah, I'm not buying it. Here's right? the thing though, here's the thing. I think, and, and this Bro. is, this is, yeah, go on. This was, this was less than a mile away from my house. Yeah. Right. I give her my ID. I said, look, bro, I'm like, listen, I'm with my house. This is where I'm just come from my sister's house. She lives mm. just here. They said, yeah, we still want to search your car. I was like, yeah, you can't just search my car, bro. They're like, yeah, we want to search your car. Search my car. I've been dragged out of my car by cops before. Like, they they pulled me over, run upon me, pulled the keys out of the ignition, mm. and then yank, yank, yank at the door. Mm. I've opened the door for them because they can't find the lock. Yeah. And luckily, I'd unclipped the seatbelt. They hauled me up out of the police car, uh, out, of the, out of the car, and put, put me up. In the, I'm like, what are you doing? They go, we've had reports this car's been stolen. I was like, bro, did you do a PNC check on my car? Yeah. And he's gone, how do you know what a PNC check is? This happened to me before, right? The whole, like, I know about PNC checks. I mentioned it last time when I told you I got pulled over as well, innit? Yeah. There's another time yeah. that I even forgot about when I was on my way to yours not long ago. Yeah. Bro. And this is what I'm saying. Here's the thing. Where, if you're in, a, generally, poorer areas have yeah. higher rates of crime. So there'll generally be a higher police presence. And then what the police are used to can, in, I, I'm not going to talk about police because that's a whole other subject. But, so if you're in an area that has potentially a high rate of crime and it's more of a white area, there's obviously going to be yeah. more white people stopped in there. I think when you balance it out, and it's one of those things that's, disproportionate disproportionately affects um black people but in your circumstance and this is i do think that is the thing and it goes back to what i was saying there's so much more commonalities than there are you can't you can't you can't say oh i'm always getting i can't go to a white person and say oh i'm always getting pulled over because as a culture as a sorry as a community yeah black people might get pulled over but that's not to say this white guy i'm talking to hasn't experienced a similar thing similar experiences by all means uh, negative experience with the police and you know and bro by all means you can say well you know the police are always nicer to white people than they are to black people I'll be like well bro I could tell you I had a copper get out of his van threatened to arrest me for nothing and I'll tell you why this why I believe this comes about because a large majority of black people are in the working class let's say working class right White people are cover much more of the full spectrum, middle class, upper class, um, school class, first class, whatever class. Well, right? this is it. Right? So, actually, if you just took people in working class, so black working class and white working class, their experiences are much more similar. Yeah. Not, again, I'm not saying that but, black people aren't disproportionately affected, mm. but there's much more similar commonalities. But when you just say white people, you're also so if someone says, oh. A white person that also includes white middle class and they're actually more prominent to us so yeah. if someone says a white person i'm not thinking of my your of neighbor a, of my neighbor who's i'm thinking of james bond shaking yeah, or stared yeah. boris johnson do you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. you haven't experienced what i've experienced and you kind of it's prejudice in a way yeah well it is because that's what prejudice means where i now making assumptions yeah <laughs> that's the thing i think about you. also is a it's a common thing when i when i speak speak to, to black and Asian people about race and, and politics mm. and stuff like that. When they say, oh, white people, this white, I I kind of automatically assume they're talking about middle-class white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like, well, you ain't fucking talking about me. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. and it's, and you kind of just al allow that because here's the thing, right? Let's say if you're talking about, um, you know how we were just talking about like proportional representation, yeah, yeah. right? You know, um, uh, let's say the UK is 80% white, for example. I don't yeah. know what the actual figure is. 85 85% white, 80% Brit white, and then 5% other white, and then 15% white. And darkies. then white. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, hold on. Say those numbers again. 80% Brit white. British yeah, white, five percent other white, and fifteen percent dark, more melanin, as in okay, various shades of brown. Right. So, so here's the thing, yeah. So you're you're saying like eighty five percent of people in Britain are white, essentially yeah. eighty five to ninety percent, right? In the working class, mm. like if you look at working class people, yeah, that is is probably still in the eighties, right? Yeah. But when you go to middle class. Yeah. The 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 spectrum the eth um I'm trying to think of the right word now the ethnicity spectrum yeah. is a little bit is a bit different now yeah because there's there's more Asians probably that yeah. are in the in middle in the whole of the middle class yeah and there's there's probably a, a still a large number of white people but I have a feeling that there's less black people I'm probably yeah yeah that is correct so correct. so you know when when a black person says, oh, white people, you can, like, this is what I'm saying, you can assume they're talking about the middle class because they're underrepresented in the middle class and upper class areas of yeah. society. But this is what I'm saying. From a, from, from, from a black perspective... It's like, we're getting fucked over in those areas and they're the a, good areas we want to yeah, be in. Yeah, but it's, a, it's almost, that's what I'm saying, there's almost a prejudice to it where actually, in a lot of cases, it is lumping everyone together. Yeah. Before, before we start actually going, oh, actually... It's not people who would typically be classified as working class, or it's actually people who are typically classified as working class. It's actually the first sort of part of the sentence is, oh, white, without the sort of subcategories. And hence why I say it's, it's, it is pretty much a definitional prejudice. But um, yeah, that does happen, but that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, we could both live on Britwell. Yeah, and 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 then you could be white, and I could say, "Oh, white," and and with you there, and we both know we're not talking about flipping Billy down the road. Thing <laughs> 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 we're talking about middle class. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's such a it's such it. a uh, it's such a. Uh, She's not talking about Sebastian, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his sister Persephone. Yeah. It's like what the fuck, but. But yeah, man, it's a uh, yeah, it's a mad one. Obviously, uh, this week was Remembrance Day as well. It was so not to go it too was. much into that. Um, yeah. But yeah, to be honest, bro, I feel like it's becoming less of a thing. Yeah, I feel that. I didn't. I, feel I, that. I, I, I looked at my clock. I was like, shit, I didn't do no minute silence, yeah. and I was like, that was about ten minutes ago. I, was, I, mean, I, was I wasn't checking. talking at that point, so it kind of counts. <laughs> I was kind of checking with you earlier. I was like, oh, where was that? And I yeah. weren't even sure. And I remember, like, obviously, where I live is is. Um, they're quiet. Why? Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the patriotic? Yeah, patriotic. Yeah, I guess that's the right word. So we get we, there's poppies on every oh. lamppost oh, down okay. my road, and that was only when I was like, oh, it must be that time of the year. Yeah. And then so that was kind of how I knew, but I've never, I've never. I'll really... be honest, bro. I can't even remember whether they whether or not they do the minute silence on Remembrance Sunday. Or yeah, on the 11th. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't remember. Because obviously the war started on the 11th hour, the 11th right. day, the 11th month of the year. Uh, but I, my thing is, I'm never, I've, but I think because I'm so anti-war, I've tended to not really take that much of an interest in anything to mm. do with any type war type celebrations yeah. or reading, but you know what you need if you're like anti-war bro yeah you know massive big army bro <laughs> massive army that no one wants to mess <laughs> yeah, with yeah yeah and this is actually going back to the policing thing right yeah there's a guy in america and he's like a a big part of all of the not all of but a lot of investigations into poor policing and anti-corruption oh, yeah. all this stuff he's a former copper himself yeah. but he's he's big on investigating corrupt crop cops and yeah. Cops are using excessive force and stuff. Do you know what? he done this, um, he published this report and the report said that the solution to this problem is more cops. More police. Yeah, yeah, I get it. He yeah. said the problem is you've yeah. got understaffed police force and they're, they're on edge because they know that they're not backed up and they're always having to work too hard. So they're, they're stressed out. He goes, if you had more cops around, they, they wouldn't be so stressed out. Crime's a big getting dealt with a lot easier, you know, and I've, it'd be less likely to, to use yeah. excessive force. I've got, I've got, I've got a philosophy that you should only work someone to 70%, not like in sports where you have to, but in a job. So when they, on the odd occasion, they need to put in a hundred percent. It's a one-off. It's not you at a hundred percent. And now you've got to try and do something more. Yeah, you know, and I think that's how. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of a lot more needs to. I still think the culture and loads of other things need to change in America to really make a difference. The culture of policing, like you got to understand in America. Remember, like policing is policing is uh, the police have to have had to uphold so many bad laws mm. in recent history. That's still lingering since they've done. There hasn't been a wholesale cultural change it's just been but you know what, very they, small small they small, still small. try and manipulate things to like I'm, i told you now I, I watch a lot of these videos where people do like first amendment or second oh, yeah. amendment audits yeah. so they basically walk around with cameras and get themselves there, there was this guy he um uh he got a cop just walked up to him and go you need to leave this area he goes why he goes because it's closed to the public he goes but this is a police station he goes yeah Goes well. How is it close to the public? It's a police station. Surely I should be able to come here whenever I want, report crimes and stuff. And the guy goes, "Not this section. It's close to the public." He goes, "Well, where's the sign saying no unauthorized personnel mm. beyond this point? Where's the sign saying trespassers will be prosecuted? Yeah. Where's the gate?" Yeah. And he goes, "Well, the gate's there." He goes, "But it's wide open." Because well, it needs to be open for people coming in and out. He goes, "Well, that's what I'm doing." Yeah. <laughs> and the cop goes, "Well, I'm trespassing, you know." He goes, "Give me your ID." He's like, what? You can't trespass me. You have to ask me to leave first. Yeah. He goes, well, I'm asking you to leave. He goes, well, I'm going. He goes, no, you're not. I need your ID. He's like, what for? He goes, for trespass. He goes, but you have to give me opportunity to leave. You've asked me to leave and I'm saying I'll leave. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but now you need to identify yourself. He's like, well, no, I don't because I haven't committed a crime. He goes, yeah, you have trespass. So if you don't ID, he's like, no, because I have to leave. He goes, well, if you fail to ID, I'm going to do you for failure to ID as well. Next thing yeah. you know, the cop arrests him puts him in the back of his police car, drives him off, takes him out of the car and goes, I'm de-arresting you. And at which point it's the guy's like, like can I just say something to you, bro? And he's like, what? He goes, fuck you, you piece of shit. And he flips in the bird. He's like, you're a fucking animal. You just kidnapped me. And the cop just got in his car and drove off. This is the thing. Like it's, there's so many, it's, it's, it's an abuse of power. That's why I always say, 
with most of these public sector jobs, particularly police and, and many others, which I won't go into, being a dickhead is not part of the interview process. Yeah. Checking for dickheadness is not part of the interview process. And it should be. And it should be. Yeah. I feel like problem. I've not even that like, do you know what it, it, And you know what you should do? You should interview the five people around them, <laughs> the five yeah. closest people to them. Yeah, to get like, a real oh. judge of their character. But the thing is, they'll they'll be like they'll pick the five people in it. I tell you what, you should do right. Here's here's how you do it. O- along the course of training, you set up like nights out. Like yeah, you can all go out tonight, yeah. and you have a random person just shoulder barge one of these trainee cops, yeah. just gently, yeah, and then yeah. just turn and apologize. And if the co- cop goes, "Hey man, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Shoulder checking me." The guy's like, "No, no I'm I'm sorry, man. It's an accident." Because yeah, you fucking need to be sorry. It's like okay, yeah. sorry, mate. You can't be a cop. Yeah. You just can't. You're too much of an arsehole. Yeah. It's that, that's an easy yeah, one. Yeah, they should. They literally, literally, but don't even reveal none of the things. And then once everyone's sat there, or however they do it in America, standing there with their graduation, be like, no, you're not graduating. Here's why. No, you're not. You're not. You're don't not, even tell like, them why. Yeah. Because then, then they'll let other people know yeah, in the future. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, yeah. I don't know what it could have been. Yeah. And they should do it early on so the guy forgets about the incident yeah. as well. That way you're like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, there, there does need to there be needs some to be better ways of... of uh, yeah, yeah man needs to be some better things but yeah, yeah man it's been nearly two hours bro have you got anything else you want to go on I haven't I haven't I haven't I think that's a I think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm all done yeah we were going to go into that, that signage about it's okay to yeah, be white yeah. but I think we kind of covered it anyway yeah that was a kind of little silly things yeah, yeah. Um, I've got my old school song oh um, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Lupe Fiasco oh lately. yeah um, Kick Push yeah yeah Yes, that's my old push, school. Kick, push, push, kick, push. That is a tune. I was supposed to be going to see him in March. Delayed twice with the COVID, and now I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna be able to go to that either. Uh, that is not the one. Um, and my old school movie is going to be. Um, oh no, I've done that, haven't I? I was gonna say Adventures of Babysitting. Hmm? Adventures oh, of Babysitter. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've done that. Um, I'm gonna go with um, oh, what's it called? Oh, flip sake! It's like Alien One. Mac and Me. Mac and Me. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll recognise it. I've never seen this. Mac and Me. I think it was early nineties, and they tried. It was basically supposed to be like the new ET, but 1988. Flipping it. Old school. Okay. Damn. That's uh, the cover. Big yeah, idea. it seems familiar. Yeah, it's poor man's ET. Damn boy. Damn boy. Oh, my day is bad. Is it that bad? 3.4 out of 10. 4% of what tomatoes. Damn. Um, yeah, what about you? So, um, basically, I've got I've got the same thing, but not the same thing. So, my throwback song is Murder Was The Case. Same. Yep. And my throwback movie, Murder Was The Case. <laughs> Snoop. <laughs> so, and, and that's that's my, my little tribute to Snoop for this week. Oh, I heard he's on the... Obviously, it's on JRE. Yeah, on the JRE podcast. I haven't JRE. seen it yet. Do you know what it is, bro? I've, I've got to check it out. I'm sure I said this before, like, oh, Snoop is underrated in yeah, hip-hop game, is, period. Is, yeah, yeah. And it's not for his skill as a rapper... 
just for his whole personality, who he is, what he's achieved, what yeah. he's done for people. Yeah. He's bringing everyone up around him. And as he mentioned on the podcast, he's like back in the day when they talk about East Coast, West Coast, oh, that wasn't shit. We yeah. were doing collabs with people. We're having people on our records. That we all wanted the end of that. So yeah, and he um, uh, he was like he was showing so much love to Warren G as well. He's okay. like Warren G was the man, you know. He helped bring me up, and then he I caught fire a big too. Fan of of uh, Warren G. Yeah, man, he was good. good so man. yeah, yeah, I just wanted to show some yeah, respect the to the dog father himself. Is it a good interview? Is it worth? It's all right, you know. It's all right. Snoop's Snoop's funny, even though sometimes he's a little bit. I don't want to say nonsensical. He just he says some things that like every now and again they're a little bit silly. Yeah. yeah. But what do you expect, man? He's like fifty something years old. He's always high. I think the thing with some of these guys, you got to remember as well is, and he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, I the think big the, energy the, 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 the thing is like they've these guys didn't. A lot of them didn't think it was rappers until about particularly like some Snoop, for example, didn't do a lot of formal education and has been rich from young. Yeah. So a good lot of his life, he's probably been around a lot of yes men and been able to say and do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> so the odd thing of slipping up and saying the wrong thing is, is, is good. That'll happen, happen isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. He actually mentioned that as well. He's like, you know, there needs to be more push, especially when you've got student athletes yeah. that you're saying you want these people to be the NBA or the NFL. He's like, there's, there's no proper talk about, okay, you're going to get your first contract and let's say it's a $5 million contract. Mm. You're going to want to go out and buy yourself a Lamborghini. Yeah. But you got to ask yourself, how many years are you going to be playing for? Exactly. Snoop didn't go into this deep on that. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of it like myself. But because the thing, bruv, even professional footballers, I know a guy who got offered, um, uh, he got offered to play for Chelsea, mm. but he knew he was going to be on a bench. Right. So I think he took QPR instead and he played for mm-hmm. QPR. And uh, I think he came on, he got subbed on and scored and he was hoping he'd like play his way up yeah. to getting, you know, transferred to Chelsea or whatever as he got a little bit more on in his yeah. career. He ended up getting injured and he works as a... Um, <coughs> shit, what's he do right now? He's a labourer, a building yeah. firm. Yeah. He ain't got no money. I know someone that played to West Ham um, and is doing that as well now. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's not the one, bruv. It's not the one. So I feel like if, if someone would have had a chat with that guy earlier on, mm. they'd have said to him, listen, you're going to get some good money for a little while, but if you do something savvy with it, even at the end of your career, still make you you'd still be all right, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But anyway, man, I'm, I, I think we're kind of done for today. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed it, make sure you tune in to the next one. Follow us on Insta. Follow us wherever you want. Just don't follow us home. <laughs> I'm Lewis. I'm Denny. And before we say I'm out, listen to this one. <laughs> that is a two year old snoring people. Ciao, Bella. Peace.